How about we pray? Lord Jesus, thank you today for this opportunity we have to live in a great nation. Lord, to, to be able to come and join together in, in, a, in a brilliant family. Lord, this day I pray that you would give us, I don't know, a glimpse of what it is you have for us with our motivation, with our, with our strength, with our, our call where we're going, God. Lord, today let your glory abound. In Jesus' name, amen. So my, my message this morning is titled, Where is Your Motivation? That's a good question. Can I just say before I start, Yongbing, that was an incredible effort on the piano this morning. Thank you so much for coming down. I was reminded while you were playing today, I was reminded of Billy Joel. And he said, the piano, it sounds like a carnival. And that's just what I thought today it was like. So thanks very much for coming down. We really appreciate it when you're down here. So the last couple of months, I've heard a couple of messages that have um, disturbed me somewhat on a personal level, um, in a good way, in a motivating way, perhaps. One was in the Sunshine Coast when Tracy and I had our holidays last month, and the other time was when um, we had um, uh, 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 the guy that was here two weeks ago, Mike Gore, down here a couple of weeks ago, and... This guy, Dave Gilpin, who's from the UK, spoke about delight versus, de do you know him? Delight versus demand. His basic message was if there is not a passion in our life, lives to serve God in the life of the local church, then simply don't do it. It is better for us to not serve God with a heart of demand rather than one of delight. Interesting thought, hey? The second one was when Mike Gore came to speak a couple of weeks ago and he spoke, I was talking to Elisa and Marcel before about this, he spoke passionately about faith and persecution being inseparable, but that wasn't disturbed me, well, wasn't what disturbed me. It was when he talked about ISIS. He said that ISIS drives people towards Jesus and the iPhone draws people away from Jesus. And I found myself quite convicted at that point. I found it profound because I thought about my life and, you know, I'm the sort of person that in traffic will just about talk to Siri just to see how she's going, you know, on the <laughs> iPhone, because you're not allowed to touch it anymore. So I'll talk to Siri and say, hey, Siri, what's happening? My sister-in-law logged us into, in fact, my kids have been pinching my dad's Apple, you know those little Apple TVs? My kids have been pinching my dad's Apple TV to get Netflix in our house, so they bring it into our house and plug it into our TV. And you know when you start watching a series on Netflix, if, you've, if anyone's had this before, right towards the end it comes up with next episode will start in 15, 14, 13, 12. <laughs> Well, I can't even find my remote to stop it. So the next one starts. And before you know it, instead of watching one, one show, you've watched two or three, or in my case, a series. <laughs> and I thought to myself, that's a drawing away. And, and I was feeling quite convicted. And, and I felt God speak to me over this last month. He's been speaking a lot to me about what's my motivation. So I thought... If he's speaking to me, I'm going to share it with you guys as well because then we can all walk on this journey together. I found it profound, you know, because 
Tracy and I, we, when we were first married, we, we were married five years before we got a television set. And, and I think now, I'm not going to get rid of my nice new fancy television set that I got for my birthday, but I think now about the time that we spend looking at television compared to, you know, when we lived in Warnable, we used to go after church to get a, remember, steak sandwich and a bottle of apricot nectar and go sit down at Tower Hill and look over the waves and that sort of stuff. And I thought, when was the last time we actually just did that, you know? Not enough. We used to do it every single Sunday after church. Now I know how to use Netflix. It's even worse. <laughs> so I was thinking about four levels of motivation. Um, I'm going to read a scripture, which is what I've sort of based my thinking around. I think this is yet to be a bit more developed, but four levels of motivation, I guess so. I hope so. I want to and I must do. I guess so. I hope so. I want to and I must do. Let's have a look at Luke chapter 8, if we've got that together. Um, turn your Bibles to that while I just have a quick drink. So Luke 8, verse 4 to 8, and then we're going to read 11 to 15. While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on and the birds ate it up. <clears throat> some fell on rocky ground and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When he said this, he called out, whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. Verse 11, this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing they fall away. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart, who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering produce a crop. This scripture talks about the gospel of Jesus. But the gospel didn't just stop when we put up our hand and said, yes, God, I want to serve you. The gospel must continue on in our life. Amen. So I think we can find truth about our motivations in this scripture as much as we can find truth about when we sow seed, it's the right time for harvest. So my first thought, I guess so. So some in verse 5, some fell along the path, it was trampled on and the birds ate it up. Verse 12, those along the path are the ones who hear and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. For me, that thought is when someone tries to recruit us, and we respond, yeah, yeah, I guess so. Oh, yeah, why not? We might, let's have a bit of a crack or whatever. It's something that would be nice, but we really don't want to take it on. It sort of goes in one ear and goes out the other. We might nod and say, yeah, not a bad idea. But it's like that, I guess so, sort of a thought. You know, if you're halfway through an episode of something on Netflix, yeah, I'll go out and do the lawn or I'll go and wash the dishes. 
with no real intention of doing it. We're about to enter into cricket season, which I like. I like cricket season. It's a good time of the year. So thinking about backyard cricket, if the weather's good and everyone else is involved, then I might bring my can and sit in the outfield. Might. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Maybe sometimes we should just say no. Point number two. I'm going to make this nice and snappy today because of our beautiful breakfast. Thanks, guys and gals, for that. The second point is I hope to. Verse number six. Some fell on rocky ground and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. This requires a little bit more effort. I hope to. So we're, think, we're thinking, yeah, look, that would be good. What a good idea. Let's, let's, let's think about doing that. Have you ever said to anybody, yeah, let's catch up for lunch one day? It'd be good to do. Let's do it one of these days. But sometimes doesn't get, we don't get around to it. I've got a friend in, of two mates that we grew up with together in primary school and we used to catch up fairly regularly back in the day. One mate now lives in the Sunshine Coast and one lives just in Narry Warren. I see the one on the Sunshine Coast more often than I see the one in Narry Warren. And I think that's because, you know, we have a motivation to, to go see him. It's an I hope to. A little more effort. But if something else becomes a priority, you know, we might even shoot up a couple of prayers, but if something else comes as a priority, you know, it sort of falls away. We won't be too disappointed. Backyard cricket, if everyone else wants to do it, let's do it. But without the buy-in of the crowd, so in other words, everyone else is not there, well, whatever. Here we're in a place where we genuinely hope to be involved and hope that the outcome happens. But when that favourite series pops up, or for other workaholics like me, things get busy at work... We don't set it as a high priority. The third point, I want to. Other seed fell among thorns which grew up with it and choked the plants. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches and pleasures, and they do not mature. Here we genuinely want something to happen. We genuinely start working on it. We invest into it. We try at it. There's a little bit of doubt, maybe there's a niggle in the back of our mind, but we want it to happen. But stuff happens in life, you know. Things just sort of consume us. It, it, it holds us back. I was thinking about a rich young ruler in the Bible. Turn with me to Mark chapter 10. This is what I'm thinking about. I want to. Mark 10 verse 17. I want to. Now Jesus counsels the rich young ruler is what it's titled in my Bible. It says, now as he was going out on the road, one came running. He really wanted to, hey? Knelt before him and asked him, good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but the one that is God. You know the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honour your father and mother. And he answered and said to him, Teacher, all these things I've kept from my youth. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him. Isn't that amazing? Jesus looked at him and loved him and said, You know what? You're a good young guy. I like you. And he said to him, One thing you lack. Go your way, sell whatever you have and give to the poor, 
and you will have treasure in heaven and come take up the cross and follow me. But the young man was sad at this, at, it, at this word and he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard is it for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God. And the disciples were astonished at his words, but Jesus answered again and said, children, how hard it is for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And they were greatly astonished, saying to themselves, Who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said, With men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. Amazing you get this sort of opportunity, hey, where this young guy runs to Jesus. And have you ever been like that? Here comes an opportunity, whether it be for, you know, something spiritual or something in the natural. There's an opportunity, so we run towards the opportunity. But then things just stop, stop it. So my question this morning to us is, where's our motivation? What drives us? What, what, what is it that, that, that pushes us along? With men it's impossible, but with God all things are possible. So that leads us to the fourth point. I must do. I must. Verse 8. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering. How's that word? God, you have saved me for a purpose. Lord, don't let the stuff of this world hold me back. I persevere into pressing into you. When I pick up my, my, my talents and my abilities, God, use them and let them motivate me, not from a sense of duty or demand, but a sense of passion and desire. God, lead me on. Lead me on. How much easier is it to get a kid to clean their room when they know that Christmas ain't coming until that room's clean? <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's a good one. We didn't do that much, but we should have loved because our kids' bedrooms are atrocious. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? When there's, when there's a motivation or go back to the backyard cricket, everything's set up. So, so when you're passionate about something, you've set everything up. Anyone remember getting the lawnmower out and mowing a strip in the backyard? You've got everything set. The, the wickets are out. The, the, um, the ball's ready to go. You're getting around everybody and saying, hey, let's go play cricket. And despite if anyone came or not, you would play cricket by yourself if you had to. You'd get a stick and you'd just hit a ball. Boom, 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 boom. One guy did that and his, his test score was 99.94. A passion, a motivation. Don Bradman, if you hadn't heard of him before. A passion, a motivation. Bang, 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 bang. Just constant. Got to do it. Got to be in it. You know, just a note at this point, not everything is going to go our way. Things are going to come and things are going to go and, 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 and the stuff of life is going to hit us. But, but inside of us, there's a want, there's an urgency, there's a consuming passion for something to come to pass. Where's your motivation? What's it driven by? 
when we serve in the house, are we doing it from a grumbling attitude? Well, Jesus talks a lot about giving, doesn't he? When we're giving, do we do that from a heart of joy or from a heart of demand? Makes you wonder, hey, what are we doing this for? What are we doing this for? What are we willing to give or give up to be in this level of motivation and faith? I don't want to think about that too long. It's not possible for us to necessarily be in the I must do motivation level all the time. Do you know what I mean? It's not possible to be living on the edge, going a thousand miles an hour. My experience anyway. But it is possible to always have that desire, God, I want to serve you. Jesus, I want to serve you. I want to live my life according to your DNA, your plan that you've put on the inside of me. Jesus, let this, let this life that I'm involved in, let me, let me do it with a heart of desire, never feeling like I have to. I question if there's ever an instance in our faith walk where we should be, dis- where we should be serving God from demand, where we think, you know, the old voice in your head that says, oh, you've got to do that, rather than Jesus, I'm just so happy to help out, be a part of this. Because I know I've done things in both, eh? And I know which one brings life and which one brings death. So for some of us, it'll be, what am I willing to pick up? And for others of us, It'll be, what am I willing to just put down for a moment? Does that mean, you know, we don't want to do stuff? Not necessarily. What it means is go back, find Jesus, look for him. What's the passion within your heart? Um, and, then, and then, I don't know, gather people around you. It's not healthy to put imbalanced sense of duty around our life. It's not good for us. But if we can lift and rise in our desire for God, then I think that'll lead us to a, to a place of... of Passion, love. Does it mean if things get hard or if we don't like it or if we do the new thing where we get offended, we just don't do it? Not according to Jesus' example, Peter's example and Paul's example. At any time, those three could have just said, mate, this is ridiculous, I'm going back to Netflix. But no, they pushed through. Interesting, hey? When things got tough, Peter said, no, I'm not being, I'm not being crucified the right way up. I want to go upside down. You know? Because he respected God and he said, no, mate, mate, I'm not like him. I'm still on that journey. I was telling, I was having a good chat to you, Lucy and Marcel, before we started. And, and it, it reminded me of a story of a guy who spoke and he said one day they were swimming in the river and, and things were going really, really well. And everything felt like it was going good, but all of a sudden one day he realised that he was swimming on the beach. On the, you know the corners of rivers have got those little beaches, those that have been up at the Murray. And he was on the sand and he's like swimming on the sand and thinking, mate, this is just not good. He, what he didn't realise is back there the river turned. Maybe for some of us, the rivers, just turn that little bit. Just take a couple of steps back. The water's just there. Jump back in and let God lead you again, hey? What's your motivation? What's your motivation? I think our challenge today is let's not freak out about it. Let's not look down 
badly on ourselves like Christians can do. But let's be encouraged to say, you know what, Jesus? Lead me again. Freshen up my desire. Like I said before, for some people, it'll, be, it'll, it'll just be, you know what? Just take a minute. It's okay. Jesus will come back in Jesus' good time. We don't have to rush. He will come back in his good time. This guy, Dave Gilpin, shared a couple of things which I wanted to share with you. He said, God didn't create us. If you're interested, Suncoast, Christian, or Suncoast Church is the church where we went to. Dave Gilpin is, is the guy's name. Very interesting message. God didn't create us to love on command, but rather by desire. I don't love Tracy because she demands it from me. I love her because I, it's, she is my desire. Um, you know, 27 years and still going strong. It's a want to, not a have to. Just getting started, eh? <laughs> it's a want to, not a have to. In the absence of activity, get to know the love of God. Sometimes we just got to put all that stuff down. Just put it down. Stop and let God wash over you again. God loves you for who you are, not what you do. Hear that, Pentecostal Christians, charismatic Christians? God loves you for who you are, not how many hours a day you pray, not if you pray in tongues or don't, not if you've studied you know, 14 years worth of Bible college. God loves you for who you are, not what you do. You cannot lo- he cannot love you more or less than who you are right now. He can't. He loves you. Get back to your first love. Remember that song, I'm Coming Back to the Heart of Worship? I'm coming back to the heart of worship. And it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. Remember that one? I should do that, eh, next month. Um, roll over. This is a good one. Roll over into the love of God. God is looking for spontaneous acts of love and worship. Spontaneity. Just think, you know what? I'm going for a walk to love God right now. I'm going to give him some of that incense. The Bible talks about our prayer being incense. The burden, this is the one I'll finish with what he spoke about. The burden of religion will be replaced with the lightness of heaven. What's the Bible say? My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Hey. Where's your motivation? My encouragement to us today is to be okay with where we sit right now. Don't be swamped with expectation. Remember, Jesus did not come to condemn the world, but through him might be saved. That's John 3:17. But let's make an effort to press beyond the current and press further into what promises God has for us. For some of us, it will be putting some things down. For others, it will be picking something up. For others, after many years of being saved, we'll be finding our first love again. The rich young ruler went away sad, but I believe that we, we as a diverse community of believers in this place, of many walks of life, of many histories, of many different um, um, paths that we've all walked along, the collective strength we have with the Holy Spirit to continue to walk on the way with he who is with us is unstoppable.
We don't necessarily have to sell all that we have to find Jesus' purpose for us. In fact, sometimes that leads to destruction. But I think we do need to be fully sold out for him and his call in our lives. Verse 15 says, But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and persevering produce a crop. In my, I'm not sure how long we've been here, love, five or six years or something? Five years. In, in our five years of being here, I've not once come across a person in this place who doesn't have a noble and good heart. That's, that's who we are. But persevering, let's produce a crop. Amen.